0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win! Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown!
1: Welcome back to another episode of PAX What She Said Podcast. My name is Maggie Loney, joined as always by one of my favorite people on the planet, Perry Goldstein. We are hoping that this episode is just another one on your list that helps you get through social distancing and a quarantine and just the bizarrely weird time that we're currently in. If we can give you 30 minutes of good Packers content to listen to and take your mind off things, we are more than happy to help do that. Um, So today we thought that we would talk about all of the moves taking place around the NFC North. We touched on this a little bit on the last episode, looking at which free agents went where, who the Packers signed, who the rest of the North signed, who they brought in. But we haven't really broken down into detail whether or not the rest of the NFC North improved or stayed the same. So we are gonna talk about the Packers, but first I wanna bring in Perry and I wanna talk about the Minnesota Vikings.
0: Give me your thoughts, Perry. There's a lot, there's a lot to break down here. Um well I think that Lizzo is officially singing about the wrong team. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like they they went into this offseason with I think negative cap space really, really in a, just a really bad way. And I mean, I'm not in a front office, I'm not a GM, so I don't know what I would do in the case, in their situation, but I don't feel like they did the right thing. <laughs> um, because they really dug themselves into a hole. Um, they lost pretty much everyone. I have no idea who's going to be in their secondary. Um, but at the same time, I'm not that mad about it. But, oh, don't worry. They extended Kirk Cousins.
1: Yeah, their secondary is going to be led by Harrison Smith in a prayer in 2020. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Uh, looking at, like you said, <laughs> Kirk Cousins, Tajay Sharp, the wide receiver from the Tennessee Titans, and... My love, Michael Pierce, uh, the defensive tackle from the Ravens. These were the three biggest signings or extensions, I guess, in Kirk Cousins' case for the Vikings. Oh. Then if you flip it to see who they lost, we have Stephon Diggs, arguably wide receiver one, unless you like feeling better, then still a very good wide receiver two. Mm-hmm. Linval Joseph, Everson Griffin, Trey Waynes, Xavier Rhodes, Mackenzie Alexander, uh, I I mean, I guess if you want to talk about what they gained, they do, they do now have two first round picks. So that's something the Packers can arguably get a very good wide receiver and a corner with those picks 22 and 25, probably taking two players the Packers really like before pick 30. So they'll get two immediate impact players in return for losing Stefan Diggs, but they're not getting a hell of a lot in return for losing half of their defense.
0: Yeah, and they franchise-tagged Anthony Harris, which is fine, but also he's it's going to be $11.4 million to their cap, and he wants a long-term deal, so he might be a trade candidate. We don't know if he'll be on the roster in the next season, and Harrison Smith is the only other safety. Um, they just lost a lot of depth. Um, they also lost Laquan Treadwell, which I thought was a really – like random, like why, like, why would you let him go? And yes, they brought in Tajai Sharp, but now they just have him and Thielen. Um, it's just a very confusing, I'm confused at what they're doing. Um, I don't, I don't see the vision. I mean, I understand that they got a lot of picks for digs and that was good because that's what they need. They need some draft capital when they don't have any money in free agency. But banking on all of your rookies hitting And actually being able to start week one is risky to me.
1: Yeah. And part of me wonders if they're not done yet in free agency, just given, I mean, Michael Pierce was more of a proven candidate. You knew what he could do. You kind of knew what you were expecting signing him, but Tajay Sharp is very much a question mark. And I know that I thought that he would be a good fit for the Packers, but that's because he had a familiarity with Malafleur And, while i do think that he's a developmental player he still he still has you know really good yards after the catch great passer rating when he's targeted you, he's kind of a question mark and there's no argument that stefan Diggs has been a much better player and maybe it was a situation where the vikings felt like they needed to let go of him because he was being a problem and he you know had tweeted so many cryptic things about being a trade candidate that eventually the vikings felt they had to move on and it was beneficial to both parties but the Vikings gave up a lot of a lot of positions they were sure about, a lot of players that they knew were talented to gamble. So to me, the gamble either it pays off if you're if your GM hits on the draft, but if you don't, you're looking at a couple of really mediocre seasons while this roster develops. And again, it could end up working out really well for them in a couple years, but you give up a couple years of stability when you just signed a quarterback to a long- term extension. When you're in win-now mode, signing a quarterback to that kind of money, and then you lose your whole defense, it's all just very questionable as to kind of where they're going
0: from here. And they're a defense-first team. Like, defense is usually what they bank on as being, like, the backbone of their team so I agree it doesn't make any sense I mean you do understand having to let go of players because they can't pay them like that's expected but this team feels so gutted yeah I
1: agree it just I feel like we're not done yet there I think that there's more developing in that whole situation everything happening in Minnesota but as of you know where that roster sits right now it just leaves leaves a lot to be desired and I know that as Packers fans we should probably relish in that that there's a lot of influx but it just feels like there's unfinished business in Minnesota and I'm waiting to kind of see where things go from here because if they're really relying on nailing the draft that's a lot of chips to just kind of push and hope that it's a big payoff um speaking of really big payoffs that were you know our massive gambles
0: Let's talk about Nick Foles and Jimmy Graham and the Chicago Bears. Yeah. The Chicago Bears are another team in a very different way. Actually, the opposite way. That is also confusing to me about what their vision is and what they're doing. And, you know, this is funny because we're so biased talking about this. <laughs> but, like, they, they're they just spending a lot of money on people that I'm very confused about. So, like, they extended Danny Trevathan. Okay. Makes sense. He's been, you know, essential to their team. He, but he's almost 30, and that sent Nick Kwiatkowski to the Raiders, and they also lost Pierre Lewis to Washington. Um, so I get the Danny Trevathan thing, but he has been injured and hasn't played a full season since like 2016. Um, they signed Robert Quinn, but that was also a massive deal. Um, so good player on the older side massive money but that also made them release leonard floyd so i feel like there's this trend like with the jeremy graham signing and with nick Foles, like they're signing all these older players to massive money and losing all these younger guys that like Kuyakowski, who is farther down on the depth chart but proved himself that you'd think they want to keep that they could potentially keep with a little less money It just, I don't, like I said, I just don't see the vision. I don't really understand what they're doing.
1: We'll be right back with more Packs What She Said in just a couple seconds. Co-host Perry Goldstein had to answer the door because her alcohol was being delivered to her apartment. So just grab another beer, grab a cup of coffee, grab a cookie, and get ready for Packs What She Said, episode eight, part two, in just a couple seconds. Thank you. All right. Um, But the Bears, to me, feel very much like the Los Angeles Rams circa 2018, where they had a young quarterback. They were throwing money at the wall to see what stuck. They were bringing in massive amounts of talent to surround this young quarterback, hoping that they could get into the playoffs and make a push at the Super Bowl. We saw how it ended up for the Rams. They got really close. We saw the double doink that ended the Bears' chances. And since that moment where I – I felt like they were really going to try and rally around Mitchell Trubisky. Everything kind of has deteriorated. Now they have Nick Foles who is not in that same mold. They just gave him a massive amount of money. Um, You're not paying Nick Foles that kind of money to ride the bench. So either there's a quarterback controversy controversy. I don't know what happens with Mitch Trubisky. If maybe he becomes trade bait somewhere as a former second Pick in the draft. Who um, would
0: trade for Mitch Trubisky? Seriously, I would love to know who would want him. I don't know if you've seen the Dolphins or the Texans front
1: offices, but there's <laughs> a... No, but if the, <laughs> the Texans got really lucky that they have Deshaun Watson and not Mitchell Trubisky.
0: Seriously, though.
1: But, I mean, you know, you then you bring in talent like Jimmy Graham, and that's not a knock against Jimmy, but it's it's just more of a a question mark as to if your goal now is to make a playoff push with guys like Khalil Mack on your roster who are taking these mega contracts, mega millions of dollars, the talent you're surrounding to make a playoff push is not necessarily like top tier high profile signings. Like at least when the Rams did it, their defense had just about every name brand player under the sun, every household name that they could think of. Their their line was stacked both sides of the ball.
0: They had Todd Gurley when he was still on a decent contract. The other thing about the the other thing about the bears is that like, okay, with the Vikings, sure. They had to get rid of a bunch of, you know really good players because they just couldn't afford it like the bears could afford it they just have allocated their money elsewhere and then unlike again unlike the vikings who are like okay you know we're just going to put all of our stock in the draft we've got like a ton of picks we've got two first rounds the bears only have seven draft picks so it's not like they have you know a lot to look forward to they have to choose these picks like very carefully which we know they won't so (laughs) it's just again like i don't i i see it going into deterioration um that's not me like wishful thinking it's like me saying like the this team does not it's worse than it was last year and it was worse last year than it was the year before
1: yeah and not having any first round picks is pretty significant when this is such a loaded class at the positions that the bears are looking for, you know, what do they need? They need a wide receiver now to replace Taylor Gabriel. They also need offensive line help to replace long's retirement and just kind of where this draft is really heavy and fruitful. The bears likely won't see any of that. So it's just, it's really interesting to see kind of where they're at now Mm -hmm. I would I would think that they have to be done because they don't necessarily have the cap to continue spending money. But the roster feels so unfinished that relying solely on the draft is
0: they can't rely on the draft. Right. Don't have the picks to rely on the draft. The other thing that I noticed when I was looking into them is like their secondary is also super weak right now. Like they signed Dion Bush, who I had never heard of, but he's a safety and their only other safeties on the roster. You're going to die. Maggie is Eddie Jackson and Kentrell Bryce. (laughs) Eddie Jackson is amazing, but he can't play. Eddie Jackson is amazing. Yes. He's a fantastic safety, but like he's only one person. And then on the opposite end of him is Kentrell Bryce and Packers fans are very familiar with the disaster of Kentrell Bryce when he is on the field. So let's
1: talk about, you know, the NFC North secondaries in, in Minnesota, you have Harrison Smith in a prayer. And then in Chicago, you have Eddie Jackson in a prayer. Um, but moving a little East, I guess, I guess it's, it's East from where I am. It's West from where you are to the lions of Detroit, Michigan. um, they're doing that thing where Matt Matt Patricia just wants every person that was ever associated with the, <laughs> the Patriots to come to Michigan. Uh, they signed Jamie Collins, Danny Shelton, both formerly with the Patriots, uh, brought in an offensive tackle. Uh, and then they also signed Desmond Trufant, which is a decent pickup, but lost a lot of help. Along their defensive line. Which I'm sure they're hoping Danny Shelton can
0: replicate some of that. Gave up their best corner in Darius Slay. One of the best Uh, corners in the league. Like top. He's one of the top. Like he's not someone that you would expect to trade away. Right. So I I don't know if this is
1: just, you know, further evidence that pick three in the draft is going to be a corner. It's kind of how it feels. I don't know why else they would do it. But then they also traded away. Or uh, let walk Ashawn Robinson, it's Nax Harrison. And we haven't heard a peep about Mike Daniels, whether he's returning or not. So yeah. I don't know if somebody like Isaiah Simmons would be in play for them at three. But again, some questionable moves being made around the rest of the NFC North.
0: Yeah, I guess if, if the Browns are the, what, what, what do they call the Browns? The, the Packers of the East. the AFC North. Yeah, the AF, the Packers, of the, then the Detroit Lions are the Pats of the North. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they're also a little bit confusing because they signed that um, guard that I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name um, for like $50 million, which I was like, what? And then, yeah, I. I I don't know, and then they signed Chase Daniel from the Bears for thirteen million dollars, which I thought was a lot of money for a backup. But again, they lost Jeff Driscoll, but Blau is still around, so maybe <laughs> maybe Blau will be be backup number two. Um, um, they did sign another corner, Tony McRae, but he's in no way, shape, or form, you know, a starter. Um, I mean I think at three though they do have a lot of flexibility so they could go Chase Young they could go Jeff Okuda um, they can get someone who is a player that you build your defense around Um, but they're like I just think they still have a lot of holes.
1: Yeah and I know this isn't necessarily the talking point but I wonder if given how much rich talent there is in that kind of top 15 of the draft, if the Lions don't see themselves in a position to trade back with somebody like the Chargers or the Dolphins, given there's a quarterback needy team that might want to move up for Tua or for Justin Herbert to, you know, instead of getting one impact player, they can maybe get two or three out of, you know, that third pick. Um, But I guess at the same token, if they're so concerned about, Matthew Stafford and his back injury, which is significant. I mean, that's something that theoretically could linger into the 2020 season and beyond. If they felt like they needed to spend big money to go after somebody like Chase Daniel, as an insurance policy, well, what's to say that they don't take Tua at pick three? So, I don't. There's just. I know that this is kind of the theme of the show is to say that the rest of the NFC North is in flux, but that's really how it feels. And the Lions again making some money interesting decisions as far as roster building where they're prioritizing like different positions on the roster.
0: Yeah. I don't think they've done, I think of all the teams actually, but you know, of the three, they've actually done a decent job with their offseason. Like Desmond Trufant's a pretty decent signing, um, you know, Jaron Keir safety 2.75 million. That's a pretty decent deal. Um, they also got a, you know, sort of more rotational, Um, defensive tackle and Nick Williams for a pretty cheap. So they're not doing like the worst job, um, but at the same time, you know, and they have, I think the most flexibility in the draft. I don't know how many picks in total they have. Um, I didn't see anything about that, but pick three is like, it gives them a lot of options. I mean, if they took Tua or like another quarterback as like their, you know, next up after Matt Stafford, I think that might be a mistake just because, you know, what are they giving this young quarterback to work with in the future? And Matt Stafford's still young. And when, I mean, when he plays, like he gives us a run for our money, like he's not a bad quarterback. He can, I've, I've watched so many games where they carve us up in the past passing game. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't count Stafford out just yet, but a back injury is definitely not one to mess around with.
1: So we kind of broke down the rest of the NFC North and now let's shift gears to talk about the Packers and where they made some moves, where they lost players. I know that on last show, we kind of joked that the Packers ended up treading water and they still made out as, you know, ahead in the rest of the North. So they, they lost Blake Martinez and BJ Goodson, but they gained Christian Kirksey. So I would just, you know, cross that off as far as position. Lost Brian Belaga, but gained Rick Wagner. So I know that Rick Wagner is not as talented as Brian Belaga, but the price tag was definitely significantly cheaper. So if the Packers are looking to draft an offensive tackle early, didn't hurt them there. Um, Said goodbye to Jimmy Graham, re-signed Mercedes Lewis, and you have to assume they're hoping for a big second-year jump from Jay Sternberger. Um, And then they got rid of Geronimo Allison and Ryan Grant, and they signed wide receiver Devin Funches. So if you kind of look at the moves that are being made on the roster right now with where the Packers have re-signed talent, where do you think this roster sits? And I guess what do you think are maybe the biggest positions to focus on either going into the draft or even if there's any other free agent you'd want to sign before the draft?
0: Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, I feel like we came up somewhat even, like, we definitely hit our positions of need, we got guys that may not necessarily be better, but they're not worse, and they're less expensive, um, I'd say that, like, yeah, I just feel like we kind of broke even, and are just younger, which is a good thing, um, I think it doesn't change what we need in the draft. I still think all of the positions of need are still ones that we'll take. Um, But that kind of is our pattern, right? Last year, we signed the Smiths. We still drafted um, Rashawn Gary. Like, it's not, you know, we signed Jimmy, but we still drafted Jace. You know, we usually double up in that way. Um, I'm still waiting for Tremont. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still waiting to know. (laughs) Because then, you know, if if we don't bring Tremont back in all seriousness, like we do need a slot corner, whether he's already on the roster, or we draft him. I'm s- not sure. Um, so I think like, not much has changed. I expect the draft to go the way I thought it was going to go before free agency. Um, I'm excited about all our signings. I'm trying to be positive about it. Twitter was all up in arms about (laughs) function last night. Um, I mean, so up in arms. I kind of get it. I mean, he's definitely a little bit of a wild card, but I tend to trust our front office.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and I think an important thing for Packers fans to remember is Brian Gutekunst definitely made a splash in 2019. Like, there's no denying that. He signed four huge street free agents who were 26-year-old ascending players that were earning those huge second contracts and he was some they were all players that thought their arrow was pointing straight up because you do that once does not mean that that's sustainable for every single season and teams that are typically doing that are teams that have a lot of roster turnover their cap space is a nightmare and they're never actually in contention so for the Packers to have kind of a quiet 2020 bodes well for what they'll need to do in 2021 when they have guys like Kevin King, David Bakhtiari, Kenny Clark, Corey Lindsley, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. Yep. yep, You know, yep. Letting guys like Kyler Fackrell and BJ Goodson and Blake Martinez walk in 2020 sets them up to be more successful, retaining the guys that they need to keep their roster intact in 2021. So
0: yeah, you you can't always knock it out of the park but I still think think we did knock it out of the park for what we needed to do. We didn't have a lot of cap space and like in free agency, you're not just thinking about this upcoming season. Like you said, you're thinking about the year after that and the year after that it's like, or at least a good GM is thinking about, okay, what do I need for this season? And also how can I set myself up to be successful in the seasons to come? And so knowing that next year on the horizon, we have a ton of, players that are starters that we rely on that we need to resign like going crazy this season would be a mistake because it would set us up for failure later down the line
1: and I think the really hard part like going into next season's expectations the Packers made it to the NFC championship game like there's no way for them to statistically get better unless they make the Super Bowl lose the Super Bowl win the Super Bowl like getting to the Super Bowl is the only way that statistically, you can have a better season than the Packers did. So if you can look at this current roster and say that it's even on par with the roster that existed in 2019, the Packers are doing okay. And yeah. you have to factor in that they'll have impact players in the draft, whatever those players may be. And I know that, you know, people were mad about the Rashawn Gary signing in 2019. If the Packers draft someone like Josh Jones as an offensive tackle and he doesn't start right away because of Rick Wagner, you still have to consider some of these players as signings for the future. So just because Rashawn Gary didn't play a ton in 2019, he's going to make a huge leap this year. And now Kyler Fackrell has gone. So he has no choice, but to play a significant amount of snaps and make an impact on the defense. So looking at this roster in comparison to the 2019 roster, I know that maybe right tackle is concerning inside linebacker. You have an injury history there, but if this roster is even on par with the roster that you had in 2019, and I know that that was an insanely healthy team that, you know, no teams get that good fortune to be that healthy all the time. But if you haven't had a significant drop off in talent, this roster is going to be able to compete and adding one or two impact players in the draft this year and then surrounding this team with depth in case of those injuries, that's about all you can ask for before, like you said, they go into 2021 and they have huge priorities to take care of, like David Bakhtiari and Kenny Clark.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, like I said, I tend to trust our front office. I think I think the decisions they've made were smart and, um, you know, match the level of cap space we have, the needs that we have. Would I have loved to, you know, get a player like Corey Littleton? Sure. But that would have also sacrificed a few other players. And you can't knock knock, Goot for wanting to keep depth also. You can't just, like, lose. You know, we're talking about how the Bears and the Vikings and everyone, they're all losing all these players. Like, at least we've kept our depth chart. And that if, like you said, there are injuries, we have people there that can step up. Um and I'm loving the Christian Kirksey signing more and more. I know you already loved him, but just like <laughs> seeing him and his video about how excited he is and he's like title town, let's bring it back. Like, I just, I love the personality. Um, I don't know much about Rick Wagner, but I'm sure we'll get to know him. Um, Devin Funches is a wild card, but I'm excited about it. I mean, Devin Funches is better than Geronimo Allison. I'm just going to like put that out there. Like that's, Definitely true. Um, so if anything, that is an upgrade. It's also an upgrade from Brian Grant who didn't even suit up. So, you know. Yeah, I think
1: I think the most important thing for fans to remember is as fun as it would be to pair a Devontae Adams opposite somebody like Amari Cooper, you have to consider the trade-off being the Packers have Amari Cooper, but now they don't have a left tackle to protect Aaron Rodgers. So there's always a give and take. And if you don't have that rationality with your cap space, then you end up like the Rams or the Bears in a situation where you're banking on your rookie classes to take you to the playoffs because – you're not able to pay for a sustained roster. And the Packers have always been one of the better teams in the NFL at sustaining long-term success because they know how to manage their cap. Uh, So before we wrap things up, Perry, free agency technically still out there. I mean, we're a little under a month now until the draft takes place. So knowing where the Packers roster sits right now, are there any other names out there that, you know, if you could snap your fingers outside of Tremont Williams, that you would add back to this Packers roster, either as a depth signing, rotational starter, whatever she you
0: want. She saw my face. She knew what I was thinking. Um I mean, I saw today that that we were in on Demarcus Robinson, but didn't go for it for some reason. He's still out there. So I don't know. We could still go for it. But he's a very different player from Punches, And I don't know. We're still waiting for the numbers on him. So I'm curious what his contract is like to know how much space we have. So I'm still in on Demarcus Robinson, unless I hear that he signs with someone
1: on side of the ball. Everybody that follows me on Twitter knows that I'm Ross Blacklock or bust in the draft. Um, but I don't think drafting an interior defensive lineman in the first round or the second round would deter the Packers from adding a rotational player in free agency. Um, let's go get snacks. All I yeah. want to do is leave my house and get snacks now that I'm quarantined. So let's have the Packers metaphorically and, Really, go get Snacks Harrison and let him eat up all the double teams so that Kenny Clark is free to, free to rush the passer. And I think once the Packers have their run-stuffing nose tackle, that front seven is going to be so nasty, and we will finally get to see peak Kenny Clark with Rashawn Gary and Z'Darrius Smith and Preston Smith. And it's, it's going to be the most beautiful thing. So – Even if the Packers do get my guy, Russ Blacklock, or if they get anyone else like Neville Gallimore, any other interior defensive lineman, while they develop, get a big guy, put him opposite Kenny Clark, and just watch that defense thrive. Imagining that just
0: gave me butterflies. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, like football, football is until September. So it can still happen. We can still have our football season. It's the only thing getting me through this quarantine. For those listening, I live in New York City. I am very quarantined. It's not a joke. (laughs) I am isolated. (laughs) I am fully isolated just thinking about the NFL season.
1: Uh, Stay inside and pray for Perry as she gets texts from exes um, like the, hey, girl, you up in your apartment
0: because it's quarantine uh texts (laughs) you had some better ones on twitter if you want to hear maggie's quarantine pickup lines they're hilarious pandemic pickup lines sorry that's what we're tagging it as calling it yeah can i be your prince charmin? i got toilet paper that's a good one i actually do have a lot of toilet
1: paper so if you need it you can just fly to wisconsin i'm on it i'm (laughs) coming
0: let me uh hop on my private jet just kidding because i can't go on
1: a regular airline (laughs) <laughs> all right oh. perry if the people want to find you and all of your pandemic pickup
0: lines where can they do that um you can find me at goldstein perry on twitter and also please follow us at pwss podcast
1: you can also find my work on twitter at maggie J. Loney l-o-n-e-y i write two times a week for cheesehead tv and i also podcast with the pack a day podcast I know that we joke about this quite a bit, and this is such a weird time for NFL fans, Americans, the entire world, but please don't hesitate to reach out to anybody if you are struggling to get through this. We're all kind of dealing with this in our own way. Um, This is really bizarre. None of us really know exactly how to quarantine, how to act. Please be safe. Try and stay healthy. Look out for yourself. Look out for those who may not be able to look out for themselves, um, take care of each other. And we're going to get through this. It's going to be one of those things we talk about in 10 years. And we're like, wow, do you remember in 2020 when we thought that the world was ending, but we'll get through it. I promise. Reach out to me or Perry on Twitter. If you need us to tell you some some fun jokes, um, some fun pandemic pickup lines, or if you just want to talk to somebody, Um, thank you for listening as always to our show. We are happy to be a 35-minute distraction for you once a week. Um, so go, pack, go, and wash your hands.
0: Wash your butt.